welcome back to the Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. Every so often, I get a chance to engage in the conversation that gets me so hyped. And usually, if I'm being honest, those conversations have to do with pop culture. You know, whether it's debating the Super Bowl, was it a hold, was it not a hold? I thought it was. I was cheering the Kansas City football team. So, hey, I'm a bit biased. Whether we're talking about the Grammys and how awesome it was to see Beyonce break the record for the number of Grammys won by an artist. And yet, you know, curious that she hasn't won album of the year yet. But that's for another day, perhaps another podcast. And I got to tell you, the conversation I had with Keegan a couple of days ago uh, fits that bill. It really got me super excited for what's happening on Carlton's campus with regards to our community, how we're really starting to deconstruct the idea of equity, diversity, and inclusion and, and making it more realistic and more reflective of the people who are impacted by the policy, by the conversations, by the intentions of our community. And how, while perfection will never be accomplished, we're still, you know, working our way towards that goal. And and I'm seeing a change on our campus literally every single day. So really excited to share that conversation that I had with Keegan. But before I do that, you know I gotta get to my tweet of the week. It's the tweet of the week. Today's tweet comes to us from at Carlton underscore you, and here it is. It's Valentine's Day and a day to celebrate love in all its forms. But what happens inside your brain when you're in love? We asked cognitive science professor Dr. Jim Davies to break down the science of L-O-V-E. Listen, there's some amazing research that's being done at Carlton literally every single day. And I cannot think of a more important topic to research than love. And yes, I know Valentine's Day can seem a bit gimmicky at times, but hopefully it was used as a reminder to celebrate love nearly every single day. Now, if you're curious to know what that feeling is, well, Dr. Jim Davies gives us a really amazing explanation of what that feeling is and how you can actually track what's happening in your brain. And so I really encourage you all to uh, to look at that tweet. I'm actually going to post a link in our episode's notes so you can uh, see it and hopefully fall in love with the idea of love all over again. Speaking of love, I love the conversation I had with Keegan this week, really about our community, kind of a not of a state of a union, but state of of importance because it is important for us to continue to strive for the best version of our community that we can provide as possible. So really hope that you'll enjoy my chat with Keegan. My guest today is somebody who uh, I literally just learned, attended one of my presentations way back when, and that became literally the main reason why I decided <laughs> to attend Carlton. Uh, big shout out to Keegan. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you so much for, you know, having me here today. It's kind of, yeah, like I was mentioning earlier, it's kind of interesting to see how we're all connected, you know, despite years going by and how like, you know, 
there's like things that we do today have impacts to tomorrow. So, and like, you know, the kind of spaces that we built, which is, I think, really relevant to our discussion today. So that's exciting. It's, it's extremely relevant. It's a really great way to frame the conversation because, you know, what students are doing as they're pursuing post-secondary is just that. They're looking to build the foundations that are going to help them become, you know, better versions of themselves tomorrow. And they're going to rely on members of our community to do just that. And you have a really cool title, a really important title. You are Carlton's Trans and Non-Binary Inclusion Coordinator. Can you tell us a bit more about what that role is? Describe to us what it means to be the Trans and Non-Binary Inclusion Coordinator. Yeah, so um, my my role is hosted within the Department of Equity and Inclusive Communities. So generally, at Car um, that department at Carleton is responsible for um, bringing forward our equity, diversity, and action plan and overseeing kind of like on a campus-wide level the kind of application of anti-oppressive or inclusive values at Carleton and what that looks like in terms of like equitable spaces. And so particularly for me, that means like looking at the ways that trans and non-binary people can be better included on campus and can experience better cohesion in a more welcoming environment when they're here. And so part of that involves looking at policy um, and like, you know, some of our like the language that we use and like official documentation. It looks like advocacy in terms of making changes and updating things um, like physical or digital infrastructure. Um, and yeah, just generally like um, fostering like a sense of community here to make the Carlton community a safer place for trans people to exist in. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a really awesome description, and it's and it speaks to what's hopefully happening on a larger scale within all of our communities, but certainly at the university level. In your time in this role, in your time as a student at Carleton, have you noticed that Carleton has created more space? And and if so, how have our our physical spaces and our other spaces fostered more inclusivity on campus? Oh, I definitely, even just a couple of years, I've gra I graduated in 2017, so it's only been like a couple of years now, and I can really, there has been quite a, like, a dramatic, I think, to me at least, it seems a dramatic difference. There's been, like, you know, after, since graduating, the establishment of the Carlton Trans Advocacy Group, which is, like, a combination of, like, staff, students, faculty, alumnus, community members um, who have, like, you know, who are interested in, you know, supporting the mandate of, like, trans inclusion on campus, and so as part of the work that that group did was the creation of, call of like, 43 calls to action that kind of go into different aspects of like what are the things that people have identified as being important for their needs um, or to like it change conditions on campus. So one part of that includes like physical infrastructure. So the inclusion of gender inclusive bathrooms at Carleton has been definitely a long journey in the making and we're still not done, but a lot of work has been done. Like all the single use bathrooms now at Carleton are multi-use or sorry, all the single use bathrooms now at Carleton are gender inclusive um, with gender inclusive signage and we are there are a couple of multi-use gender inclusive bathrooms on campus and university center I believe like in Dunton Tower for the women gender studies department I know St. Pat's has one um, and so we're working on just kind of implementing that more broadly and we also have like our gender neutral change room in our in athletics and you know right now it's not it's not quite as good as the other change rooms it doesn't have its own sauna it's a lot smaller but athletics is you know we're in the process of or they're in the process of um, renovations or like you know new space um, and so we're definitely have a lot we're in conversations right now about you know how to make sure that any kind of the changes that we have in that new athletic center are gender inclusive as much as possible even I'll continue on just to say like Carlton has made it now or there have been changes now that you can 
update your chosen name on our on your Carlton account. And so previously, you know, you have to commit a, a reason, like you have to give a reason for why you want to change your name, but now that's not the case. And so and there's we're also working on kind of aligning our digital infrastructure because right now, you know, it's, there's a lot of different moving pieces. And so changing your name in one place doesn't necessarily mean it's changed within the system in another, but we are working really kind of updated and amalgamate systems as it exists so that there's a lot more streamlining once somebody has changed in their chosen name and you can also add your pronouns to your account as well which is a kind of new addition that was just announced i think a couple weeks ago so that's also kind of new so those are just kind of a few examples of like what trans inclusion looks like at carlton currently yeah those are a really great example and it's a really great especially when you think about the the physical spaces and how a campus has been you know for ours it's been around for um, over 75 years and or i guess it's over 80 years now and then you know yeah. other campuses too have been along for so so long and and there's other things that when you have advocacy groups, they're able to, to shine a spotlight on those conversations. And, and you reference policy at the beginning. And a lot of times when I think of policy, I think about people who come with a certain lens, a certain perspective, a certain educational background in order to kind of fuel those policy changes. And I, and I wonder if, you know, when we discuss inclusion, you know, is that something that needs to be infused into our education a bit more? You know, when we think about you know, the curriculum that our, mm. our classes or our students are following in their classes, you know, should it include more conversations about inclusion, about uh, diversity, uh, about really creating more spaces in no matter, no matter what field you're looking at? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's definitely like, you know, that's our, as a department, that's our stance is that equity is everybody's business. You know, it's not just for like the humanities or like social studies students, like everybody has a stake in diverse or like, you know, in improving our spaces. And so, you know, one of my colleagues, Krista Craven, you know, she's a learning specialist and her whole portfolio includes anti-oppressive pedagogy. And so she's doing work with teaching and learning services across departments, you know, kind of thinking about, you know, how can we make our classrooms a safer space for students and faculty to engage in? What does that mean in the context of like math and science? What does that mean in the context of library services? What does that mean in the context of being a TA? There's so many kind of implications that equity has in our work. And so, yeah, like we like Steph, certainly all across campus, you know, they're, you know, the CUSA service centers, they're doing a lot of great work in regards to, you know, reaching out to a variety of kind of campus stakeholders and individuals to be included in this conversation around what equity looks like. And, you know, I'm really, really, I'm really, really grateful that, you know, I've, have, I've had the opportunity and the education and like, you know, the kind of privilege to, to be in a space where I can contribute to these conversations and where I can be doing this work. Because certainly, you know, growing up, I never thought I could would ever be in a role like this or that I would even be able to talk about this out loud on the podcast. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I was like, what's a podcast? When I'm like 10, but like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those things when I talk to students and a lot of times folks are thinking about a particular program in a particular area of work or an area of impact. Uh, but the reality is like we I think it's the opposite where you know we have themes, we have you know issues, we have things that are happening in our society, in our communities. And, and whatever program you're in, you're gonna get a chance to really dive into it if you want to. So mm -hmm. if you're an engine if you're an engineer, you can talk about you know trans and non-binary yep. folks and, and how to create more spaces and how they can actually build those spaces that we're utilizing as a as a simple example. So I think it's great that we're we're bringing this to the forefront and, and having more and more conversations across the board. Now, Keegan, you know, we, we kind of joked a bit about, you know, my influence in, in your Carlton journey, but, <laughs> uh, or maybe it wasn't a joke, maybe it's true. I really want to know what your Carlton story is. So Keegan, can you tell us a bit more about your Carlton story? How did you end up at Carlton? Uh, what was the program that attracted you and what's it like, you know, being a Carlton grad? 
Yeah. So I like, I know Carlton, I felt had the best options to offer me in terms of like one, offer me a program that I thought that I felt was confident or that was confident in like job security and like job availability. Um, also the scholarships that I was offered at Carl, my entrance scholarships um, were, you know, like I felt that they were like ge generous or at least they were more generous than other offers that I got from most other universities. And then also in terms of location, um, you know, I, it was really important to me that I go away from school, that I kind of get that like experience of being out on my own in a different place in a new environment and so I thought Ottawa was a good location because I'm from Brampton so I thought it was like you know kind of far enough away that it was like you know it's kind of like a new environment a new vibe but also close enough to home and like my family like you know my kind of family of origin that if you know there was an emergency or something you know really wild was happening that it wouldn't take them too long or it wouldn't take us too long to get to each other um, and then I also had like two friends at the time when I was kind of considering schools who were current Carlton students and so they had already kind of given me an understanding of uh, you know what Carlton was like their thoughts on it and, you know, so it also that also helped me a lot because, you know, I could kind of move to this new city knowing that I had some connections there that I wasn't going to be like totally alone or that like. And I also, you know, and obviously over time, you know, even if I, you know, you find people to connect with and, and such like that. So those were a couple of reasons. And then in terms of like, you know, my experiences, you know, being able to kind of be in front lines or like kind of do my practicum and get that really um tangible placement of what social work is like really gave me insight into like the kind of work that I'm suited for and the kinds of work that I'm not suited for and the kind of beauty of social work is that there are a variety of ways that like you can practice and so you know lots of people often think about kind of our like you know typical frontline like shelter work and all and I've done shelter I you know I worked in a residential like facility for, and I did my placement and worked at that same place afterwards actually um, but also you know you could if you, there's like lots of research opportunities within social work and policy and thinking about how we admit minister social services and programs and thinking of that things from like that kind of like wider systemic lens which I feel you know is really important for me to think about in terms of like how do we want to create spaces and create places where people can thrive because you know historically you know social work has been guilty of a lot of oppression as a you know as a as a profession and so as a black person as a queer person as a trans person it's like I have to think about you know what it like what is my responsibility to community and like recognizing how like sometimes my responsibility or the values that align with community doesn't necessarily always align with what institutions say is best and like being able to lean into that and you know I really credit like you know Professor Melissa Redmond at the School of Social Work at Carleton because you know she taught me a lot about what it means to be a black person practicing social work and like you know what it means to think like how to critically engage with these systems because understanding that like you know you're here because you need to work you need a job like you know what I mean like you came here to get a degree for no like not for just for funsies like I mean maybe there are people <laughs> who are there just for like you know what I mean who just had time to waste and they're like why not but you know for most of us it was like we're trying to get a career out of this and you know and social work definitely you know it can be you know it can, it's it's not always an easy thing to, it's not always an easy um field to be in at times and so I really really appreciated her leadership and learning from other you know social workers who are very aware of systemic oppression and who taught me about the importance of community-based work and like you kind know, of working from an anti-oppressive standpoint that recognizes how our institutions largely by and far are guilty of a lot of horrible things and so we can't completely divest ourselves from these institutions at least at this time currently and so what can we do while we work within these confines within these systems to make things better and to make things more inclusive and more helpful for people so that ideally, you know, maybe in a couple of years, you know, when the next cohort of social work students comes around, there's even less work for them to do. So yeah, that was a bit about me. Mm -hmm. and, you, know, you know, it's it's so brilliant that you pick social work because social work, if you reverse it, it's working for society. And what you're doing yep. is applying your skill set and you're, and you're working 
not just for our community, but with our community to build community that has mm -hmm. a, a real impact and a real accountability. And so to end things, I, I want to know your thoughts. And I think I know what you're going to say, but your thoughts on the the role, the responsibility that Carlton and by extension being in the nation's capital, you know, what, what responsibility do we have in becoming leaders in, in all areas of equity, diversity and inclusion? That's a great question. Yeah, I think, you know, Carlton's like, you know, Canada's capital university type thing. And so I think, you know, to say that means that we really have to be championing values of equity and inclusion, you know, and I think there's been lots of changes that Carlton has done over the past couple of years. And in terms of like reconciliation, like, you know, I think about the Kinemagawin report that was made mm. in terms of like a cost of action to support Indigenous students, staff and faculty on campus. Um, you know, I think about the sexual violence policy that we have and like th all these kind of different ways that the community has come together in different ways to be like, we need change. We need to make things better. And so I'm personally, you know, and, and universities and academia is all about advancement, right? It's all about pursuing knowledge and being trendsetters and, you know, cutting edge this, that, and the third. And so, you know, let's really commit to that in all areas. And I think there are really brilliant people at Carleton who are doing really amazing work. And, you know, it's, I think that's why it's so important that we, you know, show up for those people, you know, we go out to events, we share posts, like, you know, and we really just engage with within our community because there's really vibrant, awesome, amazing stuff happening on campus, you know, and there's nothing worse than when, you know, seeing all this potential and it not being utilized because, you know, the environment not being safe or the environment not being conducive to learning. And I think, you know, the world has yet to see the kind of positive impacts that can be come from, you know, just trans people being able to just chill in a space because trans people mm -hmm. are brilliant and awesome and like have so much to control and it's actually quite interesting just to see how even small changes can really help new people come into a space who you would have never met before. So I'm like, let's do more of this, continue more of this. Let's keep working on our individual, on our departmental EDI action plan. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up because your department has one for sure. <laughs> and like, you know, do your best to continue like to contribute to that as well. Mm -hmm. And this is like a full circle moment because we started this conversation talking a bit about, you know, the, the seeds that you you plant now are going to blossom later if you take the time to actually nourish them and, and you know, and water mm -hmm. them and, and help them grow. And so I think that you've helped me grow, you've helped our audience grow, and you certainly are helping our community grow too. So I want to really thank you, Keegan, for not only your time on the podcast, but also for your impact on our community. Really appreciate that. Yes, thank you for having me and giving me the chance to speak to my experiences. Yeah, I also feel like, you know, we did like we need to be talking more about what this looks like in the context of academia. And so I'm happy to provide, you know, at least my perspective and kind of my experiences. Yes. And we're going to revisit this conversation, I am sure, uh, later on on the podcast. So once again, thanks a lot for uh, for uh, participating in the convo. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back with more of the Talking Raven. Big shout out to Keegan for bringing the enthusiasm, bringing so much energy to the podcast. Much appreciated. Now, next week, we're going to tackle a conversation, a topic that I know, I know you definitely are going to want to hear about. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though. You're going to have to tune in to find out. Until then, this has been the Talking Ribbon Podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. Remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Take care, y'all.